1: Right there.
0: Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics, and isn't it cool? how I can start that with just such exuberance and excitement because it's more energy than the Celtics have put into a game and, well, an entire game in quite a while, John. <laughs> it's really, <laughs>
1: it's
0: really <laughs> tough to watch, man. And we've been through so many iterations of complaining about them. And, you know, there's been so many times where we've said, oh, you know, it's just a tough season or, oh, you know, they're just trying to get over COVID. And I I just at this point, when you watch Aaron Neesmith being, you know, the the biggest consistent effort giver, you know, not that he's making all the right reads and the right decisions all the time. Right. right. But when he is like just far and away the highest effort giver, maybe save Fournier a little bit. And Kemba's got his moments, but it seems like when Kemba's successful, the team isn't at this point. But, um, but when Neesmith is the one that's just out there tearing it up um, and and I'm not criticizing Neesmith. When I say this, it's just, it's like a, it's such a marker of just how much I think these guys are just tired of the season. I'll be honest with you. I think they're just tired. They're, they're trying to be professionals. They're trying to do their job. They're not intentionally necessarily giving up, but they gave up, dude. They're just they're exhausted. Uh, yeah. with injuries. They're exhausted with having to dig it out there. It's still exhausted from the playoffs and the bubble. That you know they're just they're just not there mentally.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think um, so. Let's 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 go back almost you know, 20 months at this point. Um, We were excited because uh, we had a guy uh, in Kemba Walker who had just signed with the Celtics. He was going to go play FIBA ball with Jalen, Jason and Marcus Smart. And they were going to build some chemistry. And that team did come out of the gate hot. Kemba played great. Tatum was, a little slow to kind of get going that year. Uh, But in time that team exceeded expectations. Oh, by February it was bananas really, you know, had a, had a good year, you know, obviously the issues with Kemba's knee were, were considerable and and that may have slowed where they could have gotten. Uh, Hayward uh, was healthy apart from the, the, uh, the fracture of his finger there in November had a pretty good season, had some highs, was not, you know, the the high scoring, uh, high volume guy that he had been in part in in Utah, but was really rounded into form compared to his the prior season, and they they sh- they shook off all the badness, all the crap of that final Kyrie year, that was all gone. Going to the bubble, really coming to the bubble playing as well as really anybody as they went entering the playoffs really had a good shot. I think to, to go deep and get to the finals. Um, and then Hayward gets hurt. They kind of lose their way mentally. I think uh, in particular, in, par- in part in the Raptors series, but definitely in the Miami heat series, um, let a team that I think is better than we thought at that time. Uh, but let a team that I think they were certainly close with um, really, really, Take you know take their lunch money, and I think ever since then this team has been struggling. Um, you know, eight weeks in between <laughs> uh, was just not a, enough time, and so you've got a team that's really been playing since FIBA ball twenty months ago, and you could say uninterrupted. But you know, the COVID break wasn't really the break that we think it was, and I think it. I think they. I think you're right. And they didn't I think, train I've,
0: to the way that they normally no. would during an off season and all that. Yep. I
1: th- I think they were – I think it's a mental exhaustion more so than a physical exhaustion. And then, oh, by the way, your best player had COVID. Um, <laughs> your, your fourth or so best player had, had COVID. Uh, the center that you signed to come in and play a major role got COVID. Um, the, rookie, the the second year player who's coming off the bench to really be your only wing that you could count on got covid after uh, a four month absence due to wrist surgery i mean they they lost the most games to and, and there's so all that's there and, and you can see why this has happened but but i think there's still reason to say it shouldn't have been as bad as it's become I think that's the that's the thing to me is like look they went through 50 games this season where absolutely it was awful and 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 the absences and and certainly right now where we are but there was a stretch here and and we don't know exactly what's going on with how long ago Jalen did hurt that wrist but there was a period there they they went like eight and one or something they had that really good record after we kind of tore him up on here. And and then you know there's the OKC game, there's the Charlotte game, there's the uh, um, uh, what was the oh the Brooklyn game, which you know was expected, but those three losses in the you know in a row were kind of like the harbinger of what was to come. And after that, it's been it's been dog crap city. Um, It's just been horrendous, and I. I think they could do better than this. I think that we should expect them to have done better than this. Um, but I see they're tired. Like you said, it's just that's just what it is, right? I mean and but, that's we, the but biggest then where piece. do you go from here? There's that's a lot the there,
0: Yeah, there's a lot, but that's probably the biggest piece. And just in you know, like Scal's comments in the first half, because we're recording this at the halftime. Well, actually, it's the start of the third quarter now uh, in the Boston-Cleveland game. But um, just listening to Scal, and and he yeah. said something earlier about, I don't know why this team is so reluctant to go to the rim. And Mike, Mike said, I was just about to say that, because you see them passing up on it. And, you know, I'm not going to turn this into an official's thing, but their lack of effort is leading to their non-calls. And they don't see it. Or at least if they do see it, they're not changing their behavior around it. Um Tatum's been actually much more aggressive, uh, probably for four weeks now at trying to, you know, get in there. But I think that was I think some of that was COVID impact. Right? Like I'm a good shooter and I'm exhausted and I've only got so much and they need me to do so much. So I'm gonna do ISO. Um, out here and and do my little side step back fade three move every time (laughs) predictably (laughs) but uh but that's not the the jason tatum that we're seeing now uh but but for the most part the team is just not going inside and you know tristan thompson is a great rebounder but uh, don't you find yourself missing a little bit of Cantor's offense underneath there? Like, the way he front rims everything is annoying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, dude, try overshooting a couple of times and see if you can't bank it. Because hitting the front rim on your little jump hook every time, it's not, you're not going to get the bounce, dude. You're not going to get the luck. And, and sometimes it just goes in the way it's supposed to, but... It's been a weird season for him that way, and it's it, 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 that's like their move when they want to go inside for the most part. You know, there was a really cool little backdoor kind of cut for uh, Fournier uh, in this game against Cleveland, and I think it was Cornet that hit him with the pass, if I recall it correctly. And there's little wrinkles like that, but, you know, where do we go now? Uh, you know, one thing I will say is – Brad's offense needs to get more exciting or more complicated or more simple with more action. I, I don't you know I don't know what it is that he exactly needs to do that would fit his defensive schemes. You know, in some ways he's a lot like Doc because he's a defensive oriented coach, so it's like get back, right? You're never gonna expect a lot of offensive rebounds, and there's a criticism for that on this team because statistically it bears out. But that's stylistic. Uh, Not having ball movement, not coming back fast up the court with a counterpunch after they just were a sieve of a defense to apply pressure on the other team – like this team is the young was young. I don't know where they're at now, but they were the youngest team in the NBA, and they have loads of playoff experience amongst those young players. Mm-hmm. There is no reason for them not to use those legs on offense, even if it leads to turnovers. Like there's got to be every once in a while where they just get into a game and try to outrun them, and that's not Brad's style. And I, I, I have always been super reluctant to criticize Brad but I think there's got to be stretches where he's got to encourage them to do that just to get their energy level up just to get their excitement up like he is so three and D sometimes it's painful to watch and I've I can't tell you how many times Well, I can tell you John because I've already told you <laughs> in text messages I can't tell you how many times I've fallen asleep watching this team over the last three weeks and you know maybe it's allergies and i'm just a little run down but <laughs> but but a lot of it has to do with the fact that when i'm watching them it's it's just not exciting and i and i'd rather they win than be exciting but they're not winning so brad <laughs> make them exciting even yeah. if they suck at still you know we're at a point now and i get it they're close to the postseason and they gotta work their offense and they gotta work their system and they're trying to dial it in. But this season's a lost cause, dude. You said it
1: what two shows ago? Let's just fall out of it and go get a draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um I yeah, I mean I, I I'm gonna I'm not gonna give them a pass, I'm but you know, you can have the best offense ever, but if nobody has any energy, you're not. It's, it's not going to look good for anybody. So, you know, on part, the first thing we're, we're talking I'm about that here, might
0: get them some energy. Yeah,
1: I, but I don't, don't know. Like, how much is left in the tank? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even know if they they have it in them to do it. You know, it's because it, I think visit, it's a mental right focus now. thing. Like okay. they know what they're supposed to do, and it's like Kemba said in the post game um, after the you know the, the second heat game here, you know he's like sometimes we defend, sometimes you know a couple of possessions in a row we'll defend well, and then for some reason we stop, you know, and and that to me is it's about focus, it's about mental exhaustion, um, you know, commitment to each other, commitment to what th- what you're trying to do, um, you know, and, and pros can't do that you know <laughs> high school teams can can get away with it you know you oh, always got too much talent and that's i think partly why everyone says that this team you know thinks they're um oh my goodness just, 48 just missed a layup and then tatum just and missed and
0: layup. he got fouled oh my goodness yeah, i'm ahead wow. of you he got fouled yeah yeah you but well. you saw the body language
1: right Right. Like he
0: just, like Tatum just slumps over, like, are you guys serious right now? Oh, I did get the foul. And he straightens back up. I mean, that's just like, a, that, that, <laughs> it's so funny that you were watching that at the same time because I was about to comment on it and I didn't want to break your stride. But,
1: but since,
0: the, since you it, broke your own stride, what the heck? Let's address right.
1: it. <laughs> oh, and that's, yeah, because I, I mean, I think that's the third thing, right? Because I, I mean, just to put a bow on that, I think you're right. I think that they do have to, Brad has got to change his philosophy, I think in particular offensively. Um, I I think he can coach his defense better. I think if he has practice, he can get these guys where they need to be. I I don't, I'm not worried. We should be. I mean, the results are absolutely, you know, poor. I mean, poor is not even enough to talk about what the results have been defensively here over the last two, three weeks. But, but I think offensively, the lacking imagination and 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 the lack of zip um, that this team has shown over the last you know throughout the season really. Now you can say that's energy or whatever, but I but this has been a criticism throughout. And if you're gonna have an offense that that's gonna run through wing players, which I don't see any other way it, that it I don't, any way that it won't, uh, you know I think you have to do something differently than give the ball to a wing player and let them create something for their, for their office, you know, for the team, you know, they don't wing players. Don't innately have that creativity within them. Um, some do. <laughs> if you're LeBron James, you, you know, you can do that, but, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as as greatest strides as they've made as players, and I'll give them all the credit in the world. And I think they they have further to go in building those those bona fides. But I think they they need more structure in their offensive sets to make better um, better uh, you know opportunities for them to take advantage of them. Uh, you know, high screen a roll a thousand times. You know, unless it's Rob Williams, it's a pretty it's it's a hit or miss proposition because it's if just you, a it,
0: transparent system.
1: Just, yeah, it's it is so
0: predictable. It and, is and, and and you know, running pick and roll is a staple in the NBA. Absolutely. They
1: like you know without Rob though that high you, yeah that's the issue. I mean that's yeah. the that's really the issue is that Rob and that's why they look so good with Rob is that Rob he can do things that Tristan can't do. He can, you know, I think Tice could do them as well. Well, It
0: keeps moving. The ball just keeps moving with Rob.
1: Exactly.
0: That's the whole thing with him. Right. When we were talking about his potential, uh, last season, really, I think it was when you and I predominantly were having multiple Rob conversations and you were like, play him, play him. But we were noting that the, we, we always kind of figured that he could be a dunker and a high flyer, and we sort of figured that he would be able to, you know, grab some rebounds. But the part that was, like, shocking to us was his passing ability. Yeah. And then you just look at how much faster the offense gets initiated and the ball moves around when he's out there. It's just completely different.
1: The ball gets to the opposite corner. Like, that's something – how many corner? Th- this team last year was, like, among the the – Shot the fewest corner threes in the league, right? And a lot of that's because which uh, is so
0: weird because how the, how often is somebody parked out there? Right. I mean, they literally have somebody camped in the corner. Okay. So I don't understand how. And, and you're right; it's swinging the ball to the weak side, and
1: right. they're not doing it exactly. You know, so that's that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think I agree with you in terms of you know offensive. Flexibility, offensive, you know, creativity. Um, they need, they need, they need help in that regard. If that means bringing somebody else into in this, onto this uh, staff, or getting a chance to get in the lab and, and pulling some ideas from other guys, Brad's got to do that because the creativity. You know, he, I think, he likes a system where the players are reading and reacting, and they're kind of creating based upon what they see. And that will work really well with smart players. Veterans. Veterans.
0: Yeah. Except he's has a problem. Veterans he's not a veteran, But he's not a veteran's coach in, in that way, either, right? Like he's the, let's get the most out of these young guys and get them motivated. Yep. So he's kind of in this paradox, right? He's a great coach, <laughs> but in terms of leading players, veteran players, he doesn't he doesn't have well, the Popovich or the Doc Rivers. I'm not saying he won't get there. He's, yeah. you know, he's going to be in the league for quite some time. He's had a lot of success. He's had success with bad teams. Like, yeah. I think he can get there, but he just doesn't have the cachet right now. As a matter of I fact, if you want to lead play. a cha-
1: yeah, I, I well, think veterans are okay. I think it's the star players. You know, looking, and We're thinking about Kyrie. <laughs> without a, mean, championship. Kind of, without a know,
0: championship under right. his belt, he's yeah. always going to struggle with that that's just how it goes and at some point you got to get over the hump and get the championship and and you know you got to do it a couple of times and that's how that starts to come together for you yeah. I, I and it doesn't have to happen that way but it's one of the ways but everybody sees him as the young upstart coach for young upstart players and uh nothing about al horford gordon hayward or kyrie has changed that um Except for the fact that they were injured.
1: <laughs> well, it could
0: have been different if they hadn't been injured and they'd made more noise, right? That could have yes. helped. That could have definitely helped.
1: Well, and, you know, he's gotten a lot of criticism, and I think a lot of it has been warranted. And, of course, when your players don't execute and your players show little effort and your players, you know, look like they just showed up um, and your players are coming off COVID and have brain fog, uh, th- Nobody's going to look good in that situation. No coach is going to look like, oh, man, that guy's really got it together. So, you know, there is a you know chicken or egg scenario here that, that has to be considered in terms of well, how this whole thing has looked. They're a team. Everybody's but accountable. Exactly. No, no right. one
0: person or one coach or one player or one GM is accountable. They all are. But
1: here's the thing. He, he I'm can still not better.
0: expecting a
1: championship. Been, he can be better. He, he can be better, and it's been, these are problems that have been, you know, throughout this last three, four-year run. You know, this is not what we're talking about, about trying to make a, a, a more um, efficient and more, um, I think, a more dynamic offensive system. That's
0: the best uh, word. That's
1: what is. it is. Dynamic. You you have
0: to be up tempo all the time, but it's got to be dynamic, and it can't rely on young players seeing the game (laughs) slow down for them when they're not at a stage where they can do that yet.
1: You've got two, three-level scorers who can do everything, um, but but their their basketball IQ is behind their talent at the moment, Um, and I'm not trying to minimize what. Tatum and how smart he is and Jalen's intelligence. I'm not doing that. But what I am saying is that that's, you know, you have to, I think you somehow have to scheme that up a little bit more. You know, I'd like to see him scheme it, scheme it more. And, 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 you know, you need practice time to do that. So it's, that's hard to do now, but let's, let's assume next year looks like something like a normal NBA basketball season. Um, that's the focus, it seems to me, going into the 22 season is to to really to sharpen those tools. And, and then and then, you know, you really see what an offense looks like with two wings. It's not surprising that the Clippers have also struggled this year. You know, they have the same kind of makeup of the roster in a way, uh, obviously more accomplished players. But they also are struggling this year. And I, I wonder if the do it all types. Um, like a PG and a, and a Kawhi, um, are gonna have as much success, uh, you know, with all that everybody's dealing with. So I just say that we put it aside. But um, I I totally agree with you. I think the the, the Brad Stevens uh, piece of this is. It's not about effort. It's not that he's not screaming at guys. That's not coaching in the NBA in 2021. If you think that's what it is. No, it's getting consistency.
0: Consistency is king and it's about yes. getting consistency and this is this this group is on the heels of the millennials. So anything you've read about <laughs> how to motivate the workforce in today's day and age applies. To coaching in all facets of sports, maybe with the exception of football, but even then. All right. So before we. Start looking ahead to 2022, which I heard you do there. I do have to tell everybody that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Boy, that was a quick fight last Saturday, though, I'll tell you that much. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has got you covered. For the news, scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up before the next pitch. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget, use the promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You know what the great thing is about talking about 2022 before the season's over and the draft <laughs> is that the season would have already been all over normally, and the draft would be right around the corner. And this year we're gonna have basketball to talk about on one level or another, and it is gonna be a shortened off season once again. And the one nice thing about that is that we're not going to run out of things to talk about as we look ahead to the season in August. Or maybe we will, depending on how the rest of this goes. You know what my hope is for the rest of this season before we kind of say, you know, what's the next step? My hope is that they go into the postseason and they make just a little bit of noise to remind themselves who they are and enough excitement that they're disappointed. See, here's the thing about giving up on a season and walking away. Everybody... Mentally, even if they don't do it like verbally in the media or whatever, they start to point a little fingers because they're disappointed. They would, you know, and maybe they'll just point the finger at injuries and COVID, right? It doesn't always have to be other players or the organization or anything like that. But if they could just make a little bit of noise and then fall short, that might at least give them. The right mental makeup to approach this off season and try to come back refreshed. The one disappointing caveat to that, which the news came in, uh, you know, just just in the last day, Jalen Brown may not even be healthy to start the season, which means no off season, which means darn it, and that's really that's tough, man. It's really tough.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just saw a picture of him. Seemingly, he, he's had his surgery tonight. So, um, hopefully, that means he's. Oh, was that dealing. on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, eight o'clock. He posted something. So, hopefully, that means that the you know the clock starts now on the the four to six month recovery. Um, you know. It, I think I think uh, Romeo came back in 180 days, but there was COVID times on top of that. So you know, the the good thing is it's his non-shooting hand. The good thing is it's it's not a lower body thing. It's a wrist thing. It's you know an offhand. It's gonna hurt his ball handling, but there's a lot he can do. And honestly, probably the thing he needed to do most. Don't forget the tendonitis he had the knee. Is rest. So I'm fine, you know. Would I like him to have had a full offseason to add something more to his game? Definitely, but um, you know, all things considered, I'm I'm okay with you know with with where we are. Um, it's just it's it's just one more kick in the pants. But what it does is it's there's just always the stage, a kick in the, pan, kick it, in it, the it's, pants. It's just one. Just, God. I had that video of it's... of Smithers getting kicked in the nuts or something uh, from the from the Simpsons. And I'm like, that's this year for the Boston Celtics. It's just oh, one I straight call
0: the gym teacher from Beavis and Butthead.
1: But like, <laughs> I kick just, me Man the Jimmy. Yeah, I you mean that's what Jimmy. I feel like. Do now. it again.
0: Like, <laughs> I'm trying to harden myself, you know, or Adam Sandler in Happy Gilmore where he hops into the batting cage yes. and just takes yes. baseballs off the chest. That's like us. if there's a yeah, if there's a visual representation of this season, it's Adam Sandler getting into the cage and just taking baseball after baseball in the ass. <laughs>
1: I yeah so it's it's it you know but it, so you know having losing Jalen is tough but it also to me it puts into focus the fact of this there is no there's go, not going to be any sort of you know last minute hurrah in this playoff run it's um I hear you what you're saying about trying to end on a something of a of a positive um. I just, you know, they lose out. Here's the position they're in. They lose this game to Cleveland. They get the back-to-back with Minnesota and New York. New York obviously still fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, Minnesota has been playing quite well after the All-Star break or after the trade deadline. Um, They lose out. If they lose out in the play-in, meaning they don't get into the the seven, you know, they, they lose the seven eight game, and then they lose uh, against the the winner of the nine ten. That would put them at the twelfth worst record. Twelfth worst record has a seven percent chance at a top four pick. Now, seven percent is not great. Seven percent is enough to change your your you know your your run of things. But given the way the Celtics have played. I think there's a, 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 a smaller than seven percent chance that they do anything of value in the next three weeks to put a to put a real charge into another team. Maybe that's too low, but I feel like that's the way it is. And so, a seven percent chance of getting a real game-changing player in a, in a, in a top pick, or even you know, or this a draft, draft even look like? or Five high picks higher than you normally would get. That's, I think that's worthwhile. And I think that there's some, you get the next Aaron Neesmith. You know, you get the next player who, who can be added to this core. Uh, again, not gonna do much the first half of the season, as we've, we need to just realize and recognize as Celtics fans. But the more of those guys you add, the more, you know, real players that you can say that, that can, you can use to compete with doesn't say we're not talking about the rest of the roster but at least in terms of what you're playing for now I'd rather have that draft pick I think you know you, you use that draft pick and, and you can do something with it um, you know you could end up with eight 17 18 yeah, now you're you might be outside of potentially a, a, a run of where the good players are in this draft so that's how my
0: strong th- do you think this draft is you know you're the college guy good. I don't good. start looking until it's like getting close.
1: No, it's pretty good. I mean, I think. I mean, I think that there's a top two, and then there's three, and then there's like three, four, maybe five, and then you know, I think that there's a a pretty beyond like kind of six to twelve ish right now. Um, there's a good run, and then I think really up to up to nineteen, eighteen, nineteen. I think they can get a good player um, who can who can be. Uh, A role player who can help out, who can be a part of, um, you know, building something here, um, you know, in the middle of this lot, at the middle of this first round. But if they can end up in 12, obviously, they're improving their chances. And and you know it also gives them a shot at the top four pick, and I th- I don't think you turn that down because I think those guys I don't think any of them are gonna be you know Shaq there none of them are gonna be you know that kind of you know Zion there, there isn't one of those guys in this draft, but I think there's some really really strong talented players that that could really help um and and could help sooner than later. You know more of the the Jason Tatum timeline than than maybe the the Rob Williams or the uh, um, Terry Rozier timeline. You know um, immediate contributors.
0: Yeah, but do they need more young talent or do they need tradable assets?
1: <laughs> yes, is the answer. <laughs> they need talent. You know, and if they're not getting anything out of the, out of the out of the playoffs, I'd rather have more of a talent to deal with. there. I mean, you're right. They don't need more rookies. They don't need more young players. But when we look at this roster, who is who's, who is their roster? I mean, they've got 17 players, but if you take Jabari Parker, uh, Taco Fall, Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, you know, Shemi Ojale, you know, a third of their roster almost, Cornette, you know, a third of their roster is made up of players that – are they NBA players? Are they really helping? Are they positive? You know, pieces of of what we're trying to build here. You know, that's part of the problem. It's it's they're trying to use the back end of the roster to develop too many damn players, and they need like half that number, and then the other half to be veterans who can help build a culture, who can help build accountability, who can help guys push through. They don't have that. They've got like you said the youngest roster or one of the youngest rosters in the league. Like it's it shouldn't be surprising to us that that they, there was this was a team that wasn't ready to play once you lose one of the top 2 or 3 or 4 guys.
0: Yeah, we talk about bench being the number one issue at the beginning of all this.
1: Totally. Yeah, I mean, it goes right back to it, you know. Now, if you add, you know, if you've got a middle, middle of the first round guy in Neesmith that hits, if Romeo can, I mean, he certainly knows he to defend. If he can get his offense, uh, any sort of game going, if they can get a third guy who can, who can play, we know Pritchard is, is, is probably a player there. Now you've got like, you're seven deep, you know. Now, what do you do with, you know, there's, then the next question is, well, You know, you've got young players that you can build with and maybe do something with in a playoff setting or whatever. If we had a normal year, Neesmith might have been in the playoff rotation. But the the real question is the top end. What's going to happen with Kemba? What's going to happen with Smart? What's going to happen? You know, are there other players? You know, Tristan Thompson? Are you going to try to get rid of him? Um, That to me is the next question. You know, because you can set yourself up with a pick, but what is the top of, of the table look like? And unfortunately I, I you know, as a smart guy um, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a rough run for Marcus um, since he came back from the, from the injury. It just, he has not been able to, um, to look like himself uh, in, 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 in that since, since he came back and it, it, I think he's really set the team back. They need everything that he can provide is exactly what this team needs, you know, and and he hasn't been able to do it consistently. And and that's – What was his injury tonight? Why is of, he
0: out tonight? I didn't even – I didn't catch it.
1: Yeah, a calf contusion is what they said. Hmm. So I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know if they're just resting Nick him. It's a bruise. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. You, you're not sure if they're lying or right. using, exactly. I got you.
1: Yeah, so maybe they're lying, maybe they're not, but but he is Marcus.
0: Well, they're basically here's the thing: they're they basically locked. They're basically locked into the play in, right? right? So at this point, why not just let guys get a little extra rest and see if they can make a push? Honestly,
1: sit Mar- sit Tatum. <laughs> I mean, the one guy to me, great that point, who's played. A, you know, a million minutes this year. Um, I mean, he's like, I think he's second or third. I, I gotta look at it. Um, yeah, he is. So Tatum has played sixty-two I games. Bet he, I bet he does
0: rest a game out of these next. Like, the, what is it? Th- this is one of the last three on the road. I bet he definitely. And they got another back-to-back, right? Saturday, Sunday set. So right. I, I gar- I bet he definitely. He could sit out both of those games, honestly, but I guarantee you he sits out probably Sunday.
1: I mean, he only, so he now, only No, because sat,
0: he'll rest Kemba. He might
1: rest Saturday. Yeah, he, he sat. So he played. He's played. He's Pritchard has played the most games, sixty-three. Tatum is next with sixty-two. He, he COVID. is the team leader in yeah. games played. Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. moly! That's yeah, wild. And and Jalen Brown's fifth is is third with 58. Oh, excuse me, Grant Williams has played in 60 games. I'm 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 sorry, that's wrong. But but yeah, I mean the guy who had COVID, the team's best player, the franchise player, played the second most games, and he was out for two weeks plus, using an inhaler before games. I mean, (laughs) it's it's wild, man. It's really wild. This team is just scrap it. Let's just scrap it. That's what I say. Scrap it and see what we have
0: next year. Yeah. I mean, Kemba is, what, 32 next season?
1: So, right. Let's pivot to the Kemba conversation because I think it's the – I mean, the smart – to me, like, you can trade smart and and re-sign Fournier and, you know, you may be where you need to be at that point in terms of salary. I I haven't really – figure that out, but but that may be what um if you were signed Fournier for like twenty million um but you send out smart you might be close to the the, the luxury tax is one thirty two. So one thirty two they're right now they're at one thirty seven. Yeah, it'd be tough. They'd have to send out more I think to make to sign Fournier for twenty million and then I think you'd have to send out more than it just – It just sucks
0: because if if Kemba goes,
1: you know, Smart's the one you
0: want to keep. Right. I mean, is Does Pritchard become your starting point guard? And then you're going to have to draft a guard. <laughs> That's for sure.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you can't – you're not going to have – Pritchard's not going to be your starting point guard. I wouldn't think. Maybe Maybe I'm wrong, but –
0: I'm just saying, if you don't have yeah. a lot of money, you don't have a lot of options there. Right. And, right. you know, obviously Kemba will because you're keeping Kemba in that scenario. So I guess you're True. right. Kemba's, Kemba's the starter. Peyton's the backup. But I just meant for the future. If you, you know, if you, you're going to have to draft a guard to groom so that you've got some options because you're going to be handcuffed on the salary for quite some time. You're not going to address it in free agency. And then Kemba's, you know, not likely to be re-signed.
1: <laughs> due to salary reasons. Right. And he's um, got another year after next, too. So it's not even you know, it's not even like a one year kind of well, we gotta swallow hard and then it does two years, you know, it, that you're that you're holding on to him. Um I'm not against holding on to Kemba, you know, but it, it does it ties your hands. It really does. And if if Tatum and Brown are your guys and Fournier uh, is so worth resigning. Clearly, it would seem to be. It would. It would seem. The one thing I'd say about Fournier that you know, and I, I think he's he's been good. I think he says all the right stuff and all that. The one thing I'd say about Fournier though is that I, I still feel that this team needs to get bigger on the wing. You know, I, I feel like he, they're missing somebody the size of of Gordon Hayward uh, as much as anything. And and Fournier's shooting has been has been remarkable, but if if Nis is is able to start to to do some things, you know, do you do you really do you want to do that? I mean, I you you never can have enough shooting on the on the wing. I, I don't I don't mean to say that, but in terms no, of you're just saying, if you've only got
0: so much money to spend. Exactly, yeah.
1: you've got only so much to spend, and. You know, of course, everybody wants size on the wing, and everyone's shooting with size. You know on what? The wing.
0: You're honestly better off re-signing, you know, Fournier and making sure you hold on to Smart and making the move on Kemba. That's that's real. And then and right. then, in that move with Kemba, you get that size that you're looking for. And, you know, big man, too, is still an issue. Even if we start Rob, you know, who's right. next up? Um Did Thompson get a
1: one and one? Is that or was he just a one year? Uh, It's two, so he's got another year after this. So we've got it anyway. Yeah. Ideally, you send out Thompson to me. I, I, you know, if you can send Kemba has done has played great. Like he really has played really well the last few weeks. Um, I'm hoping that that allows for kind of a net neutral in what you're sending out. Probably not, Uh, but if you're sending him out and you're getting back some things. In return, you know the the thing that I saw of Danger Cart, kind of he and, and Keith Smith, you know, kicking back about and forth with about was the idea of going to going to OKC and sending Kemba to OKC and bringing back Horford, um, which is a really interesting idea, um, you know, because you get your backup and you get. You know, you get somebody who can move the ball and you get a good veteran and, and a solid citizen in the locker room, um, which I think is something that they need. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what the right deal is. I, I don't want to see a deal where they have to give up multiple picks to get rid of Kemba Walker's salary. That's the thing. I'd rather not re-sign Fournier They give up multiple picks to get rid of Kemba. To me, that I'm just I'm over the give up pick to get rid of a salary thing. It burned them with with uh, Cantor. It burned them with Poirier. Um, It burned them with um, um, you know Baines. I I just think it's a it's a bad precedent to set um, to get off of money. So um, yeah, I know they had to do it with Baines to get Kemba Walker, but that's I just think they need to avoid that scenario if they can. Um, it's just, I think that, look, I think that there are brighter days ahead for this roster, though. You know, I think that there's a better tomorrow for Aaron Smith. There's a better tomorrow for Romeo Langford. There's a better tomorrow for Peyton Pritchard. I don't know what, what Grant Williams looks like next year. I don't know that Luke Cornett is still on this roster. Pretty much everybody else, I, I or, you know Peyton Pritchard too. Pretty much everyone else, I could stand to see go away, and uh, well Rob, of course, Rob's obviously a big part of whatever they're doing, but but the the back third of that roster, like I said, if you could sign three veterans and 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 find three guys to play in Maine, I think that's really what they need. You know, it's hard to find veterans to play for the minimum, but I really think that's what they need. I think they need guys who've been there and done it, you know, Um, and I think they're out there. You know, I really do.
0: Yeah, there always are, if you have the right squad that's being assembled with the right championship caliber aspirations. That's how that works. I mean, it's that simple. So, um I mean, you're talking with like minimum and exceptions, right? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Rounded out. Yeah. I think that that's what they thought they were getting with Teague and and I Thompson, know. and that's you know that's kind of the frustrating part. And not only did the team think that, I think we thought that. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I we're kind of you know coming up on the end of the time, but um, but the one question I guess too is any regrets on not like, pulling the trigger on the Miles Turner thing at this point, knowing knowing that we have Rob, and it's, you know, been plenty of room for Rob, but knowing that the alternative would have been Rob and Miles Turner and not Tristan Thompson, and, um you know, they might have still signed Teague, maybe, I guess. Probably they would have, um, due to one of the exceptions. But any any regrets there? I mean, 48 has been nice, right? But with miles Turner's ability to shoot three pointers and the spacing that we need and knowing Rob can pass from out there, even if he can't shoot like it's two different looks, but it's a much more consistent transition from your starters to your bench in that regard.
1: I mean, well, right. So I mean, bearing this
0: out with hindsight now.
1: Right. So, and I always hate doing that, but, but you have to, let's just, We'll, but the we'll but the, the TPE
0: may be wasted. Just I mean, just based on the conversation we just had, or right. not entirely wasted, but mostly wasted, knowing that it could have been a longer term commitment in a player that had a breakout season.
1: I mean, the, I mean, so there's a couple things. I think that uh, you know, seventeen million to pay Miles Turner is not great. You know, um, so you're paying him the same amount you'd be paying Fournier. Um, who plays at a more valuable position, and you can play Fournier and Rob, who's a better player. I'm um, yeah, not as you know, and and you can play the other guys too. Um, you have to pick it, 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 at that big position. You got to pick either Rob or you got to play Miles Turner, right? So, <laughs> you know, whereas you can you can have your best player, but well, right before. now you're
0: playing Thompson anyway.
1: Well, well, right, but but you the idea is you wouldn't have Thompson, right? I I guess.
0: No, that's that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying right now, right, you would not have Thompson. So, and you might, in some circumstances, still start Rob. But even if you didn't, you know, I guess, and and you don't have all the roster crunch conversation. I guess you still have a little bit of a roster crunch. A little
1: bit, but not as bad because that nine ten million dollars that you're paying Tristan Thompson. You know, for this year and next, it's be gone. there, yeah, right. So you know, on on that level, yeah, I mean, it it, it does make sense. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I you know, I I think I think that the, the missed the...
0: opportunity. I think straight up, it's even if you didn't want to keep him long term and you needed to yeah. the roster, he's got trade value. You can't trade Fournier. The traded player exception is wasted. You really got nothing. I was soft. Because I thought that something would happen with that TPE, then you know, you and I discussed how that wasn't so great. Now I'm like, nope. That that's one I bet everybody in the organization wish they had back. And we don't know exactly what I, was asked for, and and if that's you know 100% legit. But man, it, all signs point to that was the deal, and they hemmed and
1: hawed and lost it. I think well, so I, I think part of it, a big part of it, is, is Thompson. You know, I think had Thompson worked out better, I think you could argue that, you know, for twice for let for you know whatever it's two thirds or less than two thirds of the price.
0: No, you're, you're right. Getting, know, if, if the price.
1: Was, yeah, I get it. A pretty good player, you know, and,
0: and, and you're getting you still a give,
1: away. Yeah, you know, so Thompson not working out has been the has been the bigger problem. If he was like. Average, you know. By the way, totally botched
0: it inside as we're talking about him.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You did see that, right? I did. I did. Um. Yeah. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be nice to have Jared Allen on this roster? (laughs) Yeah. We talked about him
0: too, by the way. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just look. I mean that the, the Thompson signing it does set off so much now i will be to be fair there wasn't much left on the on the market at that point but the reason why they waited that long is cuz they're waiting for hayward the misread yeah. on hayward is the problem like the, the, that's whether you thought he whether they thought he was going to come back or they thought he was you know um you know whatever uh, or thought that they could get a deal done with Indiana or wh- whatever it might have been, um, you know that misread I think is is what is really sets all this in motion. Tristan Thompson, um, you know, uh, Rod, you know a crunch with you know whatever we're going to do this summer, having to make a choice on you know these were the things that we talked about when when the deal got done and why we were kind of underwhelmed. Now that I think, Fournier has been better than I could have expected even in spite of the fact he had covid and all this but it's still it's still an issue you know it's still it still sets them up this summer to a point where they have to make some big decisions about core pieces and you know it's it's a hard place to be to go from where they were 2 years ago with Kyrie Irving and Al Horford and Gordon Hayward and these two young players, and Marcus Smart, and all this stuff, and now they're, you know, I think they waffled too long. I think they,
0: wa- I think they, yeah, I think they should have just done what I said. Allow, allow the youth movement, let them grow over time, pay them their money, and build it. And though and they would have been able to find plenty of veterans to package around, showcasing their talent. You know, I think this goes back. As far as, you know, Kyrie and the, like, people talk about the jinx, but all, you know, with Isaiah Thomas, right? But the jinx is in general that we got Kyrie in so many ways and everything that happened after that where they waffled between two worlds and, you know, in so many respects, if they had Terry and Smart. And Jalen and Tatum, and they were growing together and building together. I think that team was tight, man. Those young guys, I think they enjoyed playing together. You know, I don't think Terry left because of the young players. I think Terry left because he felt slighted and they had that one run. They did great against Philly. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, and they were feeling good. And then, you know, we had to go back. In their minds, the young players' minds, we had to take a step back. And we did take a step back. We took a step back and we kept taking steps back, even as the young players were emerging. Um, and, and it changes the game on expectations. And I think if ever, I think the direction was too split and, and I think it leaves the team split now. And it's unfortunate. Uh, with that, I'm going to wrap it. There's five minutes to go. Cleveland was on like a twenty to four run here over five minutes a couple minutes ago. Uh, they're up thirteen, and uh, you know, poor Kevin Love, <laughs> who got, <laughs> who thought he was going for championship aspirations forever, is now stuck on a crappy team. But he's lighting us up. He's like twenty eight and thirteen or fourteen at
1: this point in the game. Crazy, crazy. It's it's. <laughs> It's hard to believe that these teams played each other, you know, <laughs> four years ago. Four years ago. ago. Yeah, I think it was yeah, four. In, yeah, and in, in, battled in a, in a crazy, you know, a, a, a conference finals that the Celtics were but a few minutes away from making the finals, and they never got there. They've never gotten there since. And, um, you know, the twists and turns along the way, it, it's... It's truly unbelievable. Um, a lot of it is bad luck, and, but some of it is bad planning and bad management. Um, but you know where we are now is a situation where some things have to change systemically. And the, a lot of people have got to change. Like you said, a lot of, there's a lot, of, a lot of errors, a lot of problems, and, and there's a lot of homes for that blame. Um, and I think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do need to take um, take this opportunity and say, okay, look, what do we need to do? You know, we got numbers this year. We made the All Star team. We're, you know, borderline, probably not going to make All NBA at this point, but, you know, Tatum's at a borderline All NBA season. And uh, we had a terrible record. You know, and we can point record point our point to this and that and the other teams, but everyone's playing this season. And what do we need to do to 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 put ourselves in a position where we're leading this team, not just playing well, but leading this team, um, and and making sure that guys are playing the right way. And that's the thing to me is like. Everything around them, but the NBA is a players' league, and the players got to lead. They got to. They get to If you want to win, the best players have got to make all their all the other players around them accountable and play to try to play to their level in support of them. And I think these guys, this is their first year in charge. You know, I've, hopefully, there's a lot to have learned ah. from, from this, and I think they have. Let's and get. I think, I think they'll be smarter for it. But let's get KG on leader. the
0: roster. As an assistant coach and, and then oh this God. off season, let's pray that we can wipe the slate clean and it's not permanent marker on a dry erase board. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow John at CSL underscore Duke. Follow me at CSL underscore Justin. Uh, you can subscribe on Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, your favorite podcast application. We'd certainly appreciate a rating and review because your feedback is important to the show. And for my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poolin. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Celtic Stuff Live.